The Right Reverend Dr. Tleston Botwana, Archbishop, who accepted Christ as Savior and Lord of his life in 1970 under the Student Christian Movement of South Africa. He attended primary education at Lilydale Community School, attended high school education at Naledi High School, attended tertiary education at the Southern African School of Theology. He's been in full-time ministry since 1976 to date. Married to Rose Botwana, blessed with four children, three girls, one boy, and eight grandchildren. He's the founder and presiding bishop of Zoe Bible Church, which now has got 32 branches countrywide. Founder of the Global Restoration of Apostolic and Prophetic Order, GRAPO, an international fellowship of pastors, elders, and their churches with special emphasis on the return to apostolic and prophetic order in the church. He was consecrated an Episcopal head in 1996, the first of his kind in the Pentecostal and Charismatic churches in South Africa. He got his apostolic succession in 2003 under the International Bishops' Conference. He is the Vicar General of International Bishops' Conference in Southern Africa, representing His Eminence Archbishop Dr. Leroy Bailey, Jr. of the United States of America. He speaks at conventions, conferences, universities, colleges, seminaries, and radio and television. He has been honored by the Central African Correspondent College on the 17th of August 2006 with an honorary Doctorate of Divinity. In September 2006, he received an honorary doc doctor in humane letters by the Faith Christian University and Schools in the USA. Uh, he is a mentor to many sons and daughters in the ministry. And not too long ago, he was also now consecrated as the Archbishop. And, and let me just say, Bishop, when I, when I became a Christian in 1978, and when I went to Bible school, uh, it's Bishop Botwana that we knew. And, uh, and I remember when I first saw him, 1978, he had given my elder sister a lift because he was pre you were preaching at Natal Spray Hospital, and you gave her a lift because she's coming to Soweto. Dropped her there, and I saw this young, uh, if you'll excuse me, Your Grace, handsome Muruti. And I, I, I was just struck by just seeing him and how orderly he was. And because those days, Haulu Muruti, you didn't look like this one. Uh, Muruti Tandanana will know a little bit, but he won't know a lot about that. Your Grace, you've stood for the gospel for years, sir. And for some of us, we are so grateful for the example that you are. You've been very steadfast and strong in preaching the gospel without compromise. And when I phoned you just day before yesterday and asked you to speak at our conference, though you did say that you were not fully well physically, you would come. And I remember that scripture in the Bible where it talks about someone who went to his friend at midnight. <laughs> and he said, though I will not I will not come, uh, you know, for any other thing, but because you are my friend, you'll come. I regard you as a senior leader, and, and I regard you as a servant of the Lord that I respect very highly. And thank you for being so gracious to speak at our conference and for being available. And, I mean, uh, Reverend Tandanani preached an incredible word, 
and the atmosphere tonight, I can just tell that tonight is our night to be panelbited by God. So as God drags us into his divine Holy Ghost workshop, where we are going to have a major service and become recalibrated, let's welcome, please, Archbishop. Archbishop Glaston Botswana, welcome his grace. Archbishop Glaston Botswana. Come on, somebody, let's give the Lord a hand of appreciation. I just had some good news. He turned 70 last week, Saturday. I'd love to look like this at 70. What do you say? <laughs> Come on, let's give the Lord a big powerful hand of praise as we welcome the Archbishop. Saints, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just when I thought I was going to announce that grace is my second home, uh, his grace decides to read my profile. Now that makes me a visitor, a, a guest. <laughs> but thank you, your grace, for the generous introduction. May I say greetings to you, sir, and your precious wife, Pastor Keke the son of family and relatives. We want to say greetings to the bishops in Grace Bible Church, the overseers and the different categories of leadership. We want to salute every man and woman of God this evening. And we want to also say thank you to those who might be watching us beyond these four walls. I honor the men and women of God who have spoken before me. Um, some of them I know and I see them in the pamphlet. Some of them I don't. But I recently just saw uh, my sister who was preaching. I don't know where she's seated now. All right. Praise the Lord. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you very much. I got your message towards the end. That's where I was coming in. And God bless you. It's wonderful to have powerful young and beautiful ladies <clears throat> preaching the gospel. This says to those of us who are 70, it's time to retire. Let's uh, turn to the word of God in the gospel of St. John, chapter 9, verse 4. The gospel of St. John, chapter 9, verse 4. I'm sure we're all aware our theme is working while it is still day. Sebenze. Hallelujah. In the King James, it reads, I must work the works of him that sent me 
while it is day. The night cometh where no man can work. Let's pray. We look up to you, Father God, for clarity, for precision of thought, for excellence. We look up to you for revelation, knowledge, and wisdom, without which we cannot do. We know your word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You created the heavens and the earth through your word, and you still sustain the same by the power of your word. It is only that we ask you for the anointing on the lips of clay that would speak your word tonight. We ask that you would direct the meditations of my heart and the thoughts of my mind that in everything that I will say, it would be what your son Jesus Christ would say if he were here in his earthly ministry. We thank you, Father, for this wonderful time that your servant and the Grace Bible Church has organized for us as a body of believers to come together and feast at the master's table. There is nothing greater, more satisfying than your word. Yes, Lord, we thank you that your word is still alive today. And we pray that your word will find place in our hearts so that we will not sin against you. We give you praise, honor, and glory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Saints, um, in the scripture that we have read, two words are outstanding. It is the word work and day. <clears throat> and day denotes time. Because once you're talking of a day, you are talking of either 12 hours or 24 hours. I just want to remove some of the pick it up. The Christian faith is not a holiday resort for lazy people. We are talking about working. The Christian faith is not a hiding place for cowards who are waiting for an escape route to heaven. It's so sad that I have to say to you, Eurocentric Christianity has turned African believers into zombies. It has turned us into sissies. It has turned us into monkeys that imitate everything that the white master says. We are so dependent upon these people that even politically they want to tell us what is good for us and what is not good for us. 
The Christian faith is not a haven for individuals who are power and position hungry and want to be celebrated at the expense of the real celebrity who is Jesus Christ. I want to announce to you that we are here not to be recognized. We are here to recognize him who is the author and the finisher of our faith. The Christian faith is a place for workers and not hackers in the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 11, these are some of the things that I want to highlight which our captain said, our captain, the captain of our salvation. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest and take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. That means be ready to work. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me because I am meek, not weak. I am meek and lonely. In Luke chapter 19 verse 10, the Lord said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He was here to work. He said it very clearly that he's not here to be served, he's here to serve. It is unfortunate that we today in the ministry, we are there to be served. In John chapter 20 verse 21, the Bible says, as my father sent me, even so send I you. So maybe those of us who believe that we are called by God and we are sent by God, we need to revisit our call if it is according to what Jesus was doing. Because if we are not doing the works that Jesus did, then our call contradicts the ministry of Christ. Today, he says to you and me, we must work whilst it is still day. Let's work whilst we still have the time. Let's work before it becomes impossible to work. When the Bible talks of the night is coming, it's not just the night of 24 hours, but it is a season of darkness. In the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, the Lord says, the darkness will come upon the land and gross darkness upon the nations. Gross darkness, serious, thick darkness that you can feel with your hand. That's the type of darkness that's coming. But then he continues to say, but you must arise. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. 
I thank God that whilst the world will be groping in darkness, for those who are in Christ, there will be light that the darkness cannot quench. Here are a few quotations concerning work because we are here to talk about work um sebeens. The English people say, make hay while the sun shines. Sam Ewing said, it's not the hours you put into your work, but it's the work you put into your hours. There's a guy, um, or this is not a guy, it's a Danish proverb. It says, God gives every bed its food, but he does not drop it in the nest. So the bird has got to go out and look for food. In fact, the Bible says, if you do not work, you must not eat. That was a Danish proverb. There is a German proverb that says, God gives us nuts. The things that we eat, throw them one by one into our mouths. He gives us nuts but does not crack them. We have to do the cracking. You've got to hit that thing hard and kill the shell so that the substance must come out. God will not do that for you, but he will give you the nut. But the opening, you have to work. There is an anonymous saying that says, nobody has ever lost his shirt whilst his sleeves are rolled up. Why must we work? Um, I'm trying to be dignified. Like my introduction has gone before me. Why, why must we work? Why must we work? There are people who just don't want to work. And they always have a, 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 a problem with when they have to go and work. There are some people who think they were born with a silver spoon in their mouths. The reason we have to work is because the Bible says in Genesis 2 verse 15, when God finished creating Adam, he took him and he put him in the garden to work. To dress the garden, to till the soil of the garden. Not for him to be in a holiday resort. So working is not a sin. God gave this command before sin came into the world. That we must work. The only difference is that before sin came in, we were working smart, no sweat. But after sin came in, now we've got to work. But otherwise, it is godly and it is divine to work. 
If we decide not to work, we are against the very basic principle of God for human beings to survive. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, when you read in the New Living Translation, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. Say, I'm God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. So we are here today because God has destined good works for us to walk in those good works. The reason we are saved is not for us just to be going to heaven. If heaven was the purpose for our salvation, the moment anybody comes to the front and accepts Jesus Christ, all that the preacher must do is to take out a gun and shoot all of these people so that they can quickly go to heaven before they sin. Being saved does not mean you've got to rush to heaven. We are saved to serve. Listen to the prayer of the Lord Jesus in the gospel of St. John chapter 17. He says, not only do I pray for these, but I pray for those who will through them believe in me. So if the apostles didn't work and they didn't preach the gospel, we would not be here today. We are here today because the apostles heed what the Lord Jesus said. That they must go out and preach the gospel. The reason why we need to work by Tendegayo is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible says, every man's work will be tested by fire. It's a pity we have lost focus in the church. When we are working, we are not working to impress other people. We are not working to be acknowledged. Because the Bible says there is a day coming when all our works will be tested by fire. And it is only those works that we have done with the correct motive of doing them for God that will survive the fire. But if we do anything else with a bad motive or an ulterior motive, it will burn up. And Paul is very clear. He says, some works will not survive at all. The whole work will be burnt with fire. And then, You have just made it, but you will not receive any crown. It's better to have a cheese cup here than to have a cheese cup in heaven. <laughs> Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, all those chapters, seven times the Lord speaks to the seven churches in Asia. And he repeats these words, I know your works. I know your works. I know your works. I know your works. So, no more servants are trying to impress the pastor, impress people, impress yourself. There is someone who knows the real motive for what you are doing. 
we need to check whether it's in the church or at work or anywhere as long as we are doing something for God we need to be careful because as we say in the chorus so that's where we are going to give an account for the works that we have done and if you do not feel like working and yet God has given you a talent or a gift or a ministry even the very little that you have will be taken from you and you will see it operating in another person you remember the parable of the five talents the two talents and the one talent the one who had five gained five more the one who had two gained two more the one who had one had nothing and the lord was not happy with him his master was not happy so i'm here to say to you but and the guy do not underestimate do not despise even if you've got one small little gift that's not significant to the rest of the people be faithful in small things and when we are faithful in small things the lord will put you in charge of great things here are some of the most important reasons why we need to work especially tina in the 21st century the church of the 21st century needs to work with speed we need to do that with speed and the reasons are this we have already lost two full years through COVID 19. We need to make up, but two full years is a long time for us as Christians to have been doing nothing. Preachers were online and so on with how many restrictions? Here is what. Uh, COVID-19 did to us. We have lost fellow Christians. We have lost fellow servants of God. I'm remembering about Pastor Luvanda and with his precious wife who are with the Lord today. We have lost churches and some churches have closed down forever because they cannot recover. Churches have lost income because of loss of membership. Some have still not returned to the church until now. Christians don't want to go back to church anymore. And the sad thing is that we have felt the pain of not being able to worship collectively. Some of our fellow brothers and sisters have backslidden as we speak. They are no longer with the Lord. We have felt the pain of not being able to shake hands and to hug each other. And you know that hug, you may despise it. To some people, that hug means a lot. Because it's the only thing they look forward to that says to them, somebody loves you and you are important. We lost that for two years. We have felt the pain of not being able to sing aloud to the glory of God. We have to sing with masks. We as leaders, we have felt the pain of not being able to lay our hands on our sick members or even to ordain new leaders into new offices. The distribution of 
food parcels has shown us that the government does not care about the church. Amen. Right now we are feeling the pain of load shedding. So that's the reason electricity. We must be quick to do what we want to do. Now we've got to buy generators. If you can't afford the generator, you are stuck. So we really need to work with speed, but and again, we really need to work with speed. And the issue of, of load shedding, we don't know whether it's really the machines or the coal or anything, or is it political problems? We don't know. Now, in the midst of all of these problems that we have had, COVID-19 added to the problems that we already had before. It just made matters worse. So for us as a church now, we need new blood. The church needs new blood. We need to go out and get people. But we have prayed and we have prayed for Abazalwana to come back to church. Some of them are just not willing to come back. And I'm not saying we must forsake them. And I'm not saying we must hate them. But we must change our focus now. We've got to reach out to those people who have never, never received the gospel. Because you see, those who once accepted Christ and they have backslidden, the seed of the word of God is still in them. And they have a chance of coming back. Now think about those who have never been born again. We need to reach out to those people. Because it's to see Our time is very short. You will excuse me and forgive me for scaring you towards the end of my message. Now the church needs new blood and we need it fast but because people are still hungry for God. People, people are not interested anymore in pulpit gimmicks. Bo fire, fire, no prophesy, go deeper, man of God. No. Those things have not helped us during COVID. All the fire was out. All the prophecies were out. They couldn't go deeper. And Papa was not there. Please listen to this one very carefully. Despite there being a sharp rise in Inyangas and Sangomas, people are still thirsty for the living waters that comes from God. 
people are still hungry for God. And they were deliberately allowed to arise during COVID whilst the church was locked up in exile. So all these others were allowed to do what they were. But people still want God. That's the reason why we must go out and work, because there is a hungry soul somewhere, and not far, just in your neighborhood. Just in your neighborhood. Hallelujah. We need to go out and preach the gospel. We need to take serious the Great Commission. Earlier I heard his, his grace emphasizing that there is a serious challenge from God tonight as he speaks to us. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Not them go see. The gospel. I am go see. Our mouths must be full of the good news. Talk about the wonders of God. Now, since we have an opportunity now to make up for the losses that we have suffered and to fulfill our mission to the lost world, note what the Bible says in John chapter 9, verse 1. And Jesus passed by. He saw a man which was blind from his birth. And Jesus passed by. That's how verse 1 starts of John chapter 9. And Jesus passed by. And he saw a man that was blind from his birth. That's our responsibility. To go out and preach the gospel so that the eyes of those who are spiritually blind, who are born spiritually blind... But when you read in John chapter 8, the last verse, it says the people were getting ready to take up stones and stone Jesus. And whilst they were getting ready to do that, chapter 9 verse 1 says, and Jesus passed by and he saw a blind man. Stones ready to stone him. But he still could see something that God wanted him to see. Now, I'm here to say to all of us, we have a responsibility. We have an obligation. Criticisms will always be there. The church will always be despised by the world. But stones or no stones, we need to see. We need to see that people are blind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, the Bible says, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. What my father in the Lord taught me Whilst 
I was very young in the ministry, preaching in the schools like your grace has mentioned. I was thrown into the deep end. The first university I went to preach at, when I have never gone to university to study. <laughs> I was thrown there. Makes a corner about Dr. Frank Chikan, with all the degrees in Teflup and so on. I went after much conviction from uh, Dr. Chikan. But something that also helped me was that my father in the Lord, Baba Mfundisu Morris Ngagani, he said to me, you must never be intimidated by an academic gown. Don't be intimidated by the attire or the regalia. Beyond that gown, beyond that hood, beyond that degree, there is a soul that needs God. So if you understand that, you're not going to approach academics from an academic perspective. That is the problem that Paul did in Athens. He got into the arena of the Greek philosophers and he started presenting a theological debate. And at the end of his message, as he was concluding with the resurrection of the dead, the Greek philosophers, they said, I will see you tomorrow. And they, they were gone. And the Bible says just a few people responded. Immediately when he leaves Athens, he goes to Corinth. And when he arrives in Corinth, he says it himself in chapter 2. He says, you people in Corinth, you know when I came to you. I did not come with enticing words and speeches of wisdom of men. But I came to you preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing else but the gospel. Preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why? Because he learned theology does not save. Theology does not change anything. Because theology is a study of God. How long and how many degrees are you going to have to study God and master him? When some of us could hardly understand Rekenkende. Arithmetic, let alone mathematics. Mathematics is too, too, too difficult for me. That's what got me out of school. Theology is a study of God. The gospel is not a study of God. It is a revelation of God. That's why the Lord Jesus said to Peter when he gave the right answer and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Peter, you are a fisherman. You have never even gone to school. So this answer could not have come from your mind. This answer has been given to you. It has been revealed to you by my Father. who is in That is what the gospel is all about. Religion is man seeking God. 
in Christianity it is God seeking man unless he reveals himself we don't know him it takes a revelation to know God not a study hallelujah God help us Here is something that I need to make mention to you just about working. I, I don't want to have any complicated stuff tonight. <laughs> Here is the most crucial, the most critical, and the most scary reason why we need to work with speed. Because the globalists and the technocrats have a plan for the more than 7 billion people on the earth. In 2015, one of them predicted that in 2020 there will be a disease that will engulf the whole world. And indeed, COVID-19 came. Their plan is 2020. 2025 and 2030. This is not conspiracy theory. It's a reality. Most of what we think is a fourth industrial revolution that's going to change the world, indeed, it's going to change the world. This world will never be the same again, but it's going to change the world for the devil. By 2030, the globalists are working so that there must be total surveillance. You will not be able to go anywhere without them knowing where you are, what you are doing, who you are talking to, who's next to you, and all of that. That was the reason for no mask, no entry, face identification. We are going there. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, there is a time coming where we will not be able to buy or to sell without the mark of the beast. And all of us are scared of triple six. You get a cell phone number and it's got triple six, you are quick to go to the. <clears throat> you want to go to the service provider and say, please give me another number. I don't like this one. You don't even want to explain why you don't like this one because you know triple six is the number of the devil. But, but th 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 that's not where the problem of the mark of the beast is. That's not it. That's not it. We are reaching a stage, Batandegayo, in the world today where there are people in the minority, but they want to control the whole world. 
They want to control the whole world. And if their plan can succeed, he, they used to put their money behind the mattress, or underneath the mattress. Or bank book. post office book. Asuswa. Kwa ma checkbook. Ma checkbook ago pimanji. Asusi. Sexabenza in manje. He card. Le card lineani. Line cheap agunjar. But I get the And sometimes by a bamba, but it was a draw. Ne cut lago. The reason for these heists, people get hurt because the, 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 the truck that's transporting money has been attacked. Now they are working around that. They are working around that so that there must be no more money flowing from one individual to another. If I believe you will not be able to buy. You will not be able to sell. Because when money is removed from society, there's only one thing that we have, digital currency. If you don't have that, you won't be able to move. So I told you, it's Here is another thing that you've got to think about. Once that is in place, then the big guys who will be watching each and every one of us according to governments around the world, they will reward those who like the things that the government likes and give you points. I need to go and just in the points were both clicks, now both woolworths, now both what what is he busy? I'm a point for my point. These things are going somewhere. So as a pillar of my card, and they will have to have points on our digital currency. If the government says this is what you must buy, and you don't buy it. You lose points. Watch for a catchphrase. You will own nothing. And you will be happy. Why? Because somebody will have taken everything that you have. They will possess your car. They will possess your house. They will possess everything. You will be given everything that you want. This is Revelation 13. No one will be able to move. No one will be able to do any business transaction without digital currency. Mark November. Mark November. 
this year. Major religions of the world will be gathering at Mount Sinai. Because the Vatican is summoning all major religions to come together so that there must be one world religion. Why Mount Sinai? Because when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, it was from Mount Sinai. So what Satan is doing is to imitate even the place where God gave the commandments from. So that when they take out the commandments, people must bow because it comes from the place where the Ten Commandments came from. I'm saying to you, our time is short. The night is at the door. We need to work as fast as we possibly can. Your grace, this is for you. And this is for Grace Bible Church. This is a special message for Grace Bible Church. How many years are you old now? Mm. Grace Bible Church, 39 years old, eh? Say amen. amen. That number 39 is of great significance in the biblical numerology. It is of great significance. I want to remind you <laughs> it took 39 stripes on the body of Christ to establish our salvation. 39 stripes on the Messiah to establish our salvation. And then the Bible makes it worse by saying in the book of Isaiah 53, and by his stripes we are healed. So I want you to know, Grace Bible Church, 39 stripes, the healing ministry is in this house. The healing ministry is in this house. <clears throat> How many books of the Old Testament do we have? You have the canon of the scriptures in this house. It is also said that there are only 39 major known diseases. 39 years. When Israel got to the 39th year, they were at the border at Kanish Badia just before they got into the promised land. I am here to say to you, your grace, <clears throat> there are things that you have been praying for, things that you have been desiring, things that God promised you. You are at the border of those things now. You are at the border of those things because Nkulunkulu, 
is opening the promises for you to be able to. I know Grace Bible Church is a big is a big church, but you can still be a bigger church. Hallelujah. About to enter into your destiny. Enter into your greatness. Enter into what God has said to that man 39 years ago. God spoke to him. And God is not finished yet. Hallelujah. 39 is of great significance in the biblical numerology. Because the Apostle Paul says five times he has been beaten with 39. It means he was beaten 39 stripes and again beaten another 39 stripes and again beaten another 39 stripes and again beaten another 39 stripes now I'm here to say to you uh, Bishop um, 39 is a number for apostolic suffering and pain that's why Paul says let nobody bother me anymore because I have on me the wounds of Jesus Christ. For 39 years, Bishop Wam, you have been getting stripes, lashes, criticism, rejections, insults. 39 years that has happened to you. Your time to rest has come. Hallelujah. I'm announcing to Grace Bible Church from next year which is your 40th year I know you have taken care of this man but next year double that up and let every good thing go towards him take good care of him because you will have entered your promised land hallelujah 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 Amen. In all of what we will be doing, this moment is for us to seek God with all our hearts. We've got to stretch out our hands to him like Peter did when he was sinking. Say, Lord, save us. We want to work. Now, please listen to what I'm going to say. I need someone tonight who says, my life is a wreck. I'm here. I've been invited. But I don't know Jesus. I need the Savior. I need the man who can forgive my sins. I need this person who died for me and was stricken 39 times for me to receive my healing. Listen to what the Bible says. He who believes in the Son of God has eternal life. But he that does not believe in the Son of God does not have life. But the wrath of God rests upon him. 
And the Bible says, God has given us life. But this life is in his son, Jesus Christ. It's cut so gladly so on Scat is a self-righteousness. No, no, no. So if that's what you want tonight, you want eternal life, you want the life of God to come into you, I want you to raise your hand because I'm ready to pray with you. If you are here, you want to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you want eternal life today, please just stand up and come to the front. I'm going to pray for you here. I give myself away. Anybody who wants to receive Jesus Christ, just come. Hallelujah.